Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. No complaints. Great. Well, lots of complaints, but no one wants to hear it, right? (laughs) It's the summer. You have to be positive. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Same to you. It's season two. It is. We uh, renewed ourselves. (laughs) We have no producer or network to tell us whether or not we have warranted a second season. We tell ourselves. Here we are. You know, I think it's all about self-determination. Yeah, I like that. And we're just going to we're just going to be who we're going to be. Independent. Well, how was how was your how was your little how was your hiatus? My, hi- your, your my hiatus was nice. Right. Um I relaxed a little bit. Uh I went to Toronto, also known as Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> for uh for Pride. Right. For the first time. Uh I went primarily actually to visit a friend of mine who recently had a baby human and uh <laughs> There's a lot of puppies around, so it's I have to distinguish. Yeah. Had a baby human, and um, there I got a seat sale, uh, mm. and the timing worked out that the sale ended around the time that the baby was going to be a little bit older and like able to make eye contact and things like that. Right. Um, and the weekend just happened to line up. I thought, oh, perfect. I will go to Toronto Pride uh, for the first time and see the spectacle that is... What the one of the very largest pride festivals in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, not overwhelming at all for an <laughs> introvert who gets pretty drained from social situations. Right. Yeah, but it was uh, it was fun. I, I have a lot of friends up in Toronto, so I got to spend time with them and uh, got a new subscriber to the podcast while I was having lunch with my friend, and he hadn't subscribed yet. Um, he may not paid much attention to my social media feed. Uh, so while we were walking, he took out his phone, and we got a subscriber along the way. So I feel like it was a work trip. <laughs> you expense it. <laughs> I should. Tax deduction of some kind, I'm sure. I, uh, I'm i into it. Mm-hmm. I think you should. Yeah. Prove us wrong. Yeah. What's the CRA going to do? They. This is new media. They probably don't even have rules for this. <laughs> CRA don't know me. <laughs> Doesn't know anything about me. No, it does. I file my taxes every year, and I'm very prompt. As do I. My father is an accountant. Right. So it's he he does my taxes for me most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's prompt. I got a great guy. He uh, works out of the back of a convenience store, and uh, had to stop to sell someone a Monster Energy drink mm-hmm. mid taxes, but it was a great price, yeah. and he did a great job. Yeah. Big recommendations. So if anybody in Halifax needs a tax guy. Send me a message. I got one. You got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> it was a recommendation from a friend, and I, it was not. Uh, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, I, uh, I've done a ton. I'm not a big summer person. I, mm-hmm. uh, in a fit, uh, bought an air conditioner. Oh um, well, you know, it has been unseasonably warm. Unseasonably, for Halifax. I agree. And I just, I couldn't handle it one day. I was just, I was, I, I had enough, and I got in my car and I drove a Canadian Tire and I mm-hmm. bought. An air conditioner with a hose that goes in the window, mm-hmm. and I've uh, been mostly sitting in that one room <laughs> with the door closed and the curtains drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, I did leave it briefly uh, this past week 
um, to drive down to Portland with uh, my friend Lindsay, our friend Lindsay, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple friends of ours from New Brunswick. Um, and we went to see Maria Bamford. Oh, yes. Very. This was very recent. because we Just done this past weekend. We're recording right. this on, what is it, the 10th of July. Right. Uh, we I have purposely not texted you <laughs> to say, oh, my God, tell me all about it. Because I <laughs> wanted to get the, the feedback in person. Please tell us <laughs> about your Maria Bamford road trip experience. I know a lot of people... Um, exaggerate their feelings. And I don't think I'm, you know what? I am known to do that. <laughs> I was going to say I'm not, but I'm known to exaggerate how I feel. Um, It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It was, inc- it was so good. If you are listening to this right now and you have not heard of Maria Bamford or haven't at least listened to a few jokes, stop listening yeah. and go <laughs> listen to her. Come back. Yeah, come back I mean, to we've us. already got the download count exactly. if you're listening by this point, but do come back. <laughs> Please come back, but go listen to her. She, She's my favorite comedian. Yes, period. we have talked about her a couple of times on couple, the podcast. I'm, I'm a man obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cool because um, she doesn't put out a ton of new material. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of anticipating like some new stuff because I knew she was working on a new special um, or a new hour of material. Um, I kind of expected about a bit of a mix, but it was all new material. Oh, wow. It was like an hour and 10 minutes. And it was, in my in my opinion, it was some of her best stuff that I've ever heard. It was so good. Um, I can't even do it justice for, for obviously. Um, I can't. I, I don't even know what to say about it beyond it was incredible. And I can't wait to see the special that it inevitably turns into. Um, because she, I guess I will say one thing is that I've, <laughs> I find so many comics that I like um, when they go from like being a single a person who's single and a comic that I like to being a comic that I like in a relationship or with kids mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. I find I get kind of not bo- kind of bored just because like I'm not like a kid's person I don't I'm not that interested mm-hmm. um, and I'm not a big like relationship story person like it's not super interesting to me um, but she has this incredible way to like make all of that stuff that isn't not necessarily exactly relatable to you so funny and so mm-hmm. interesting and so dynamic and I can't say enough about it. So and I have. I've gone I don't I drove <laughs> it was a nine and a half hour car ride from Portland, Maine back here to Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I think I was just like ah, rah, 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 the entire time because it was such a incredible experience. I'm really happy for you. I am happy for me too. Oh I recently uh, just in the last couple of weeks, started watching the Netflix reboot of Queer Eye. Right. And I think I partly started watching because when I was flying to Toronto, I used that handy feature on the Netflix app on the iPad now where you can download content to your device right. for the airplane. Um, so I downloaded uh, Nanette mm-hmm. and watched that, which we should talk about. Yes. And I downloaded the first episode of season one of Queer Eye, which I watched mm-hmm. on the flight coming home because I was right. still in pride mode. I was like, it's pride month. I'm only going to watch the gay things on right. Netflix um, <laughs> because I am a good gay. Right. Um, oh my gosh, it's so good. Have you watched it? I've watched a few episodes of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped watching it. There was one episode, I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I was kind of put off by like, it was, they were kind of, 
I don't know. I'm just kind of, they were kind of being a little like, oh, this guy's depressed. Whoa, that's what's so oh. weird. And I was like, uh, okay. Oh, I don't remember noticing that. That's it, interesting. I think it was at, actually, I think I think it was the one with the stand-up comedian, um, if I remember correctly. Right. And so I was a little already a little like, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because he is very, they talk repeatedly about how his style is, a, he's a self-deprecating comic. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was a little put off by like, just kind of how flippant some of them were about like depression and kind of mm. where people are in their lives and why they're there. It was like a little off putting. I'd watched the first few episodes and was really tenderized by them. Yeah. And then I just kind of stopped. I was like, Ugh, I'm going to watch animal planet. Like I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need a break <laughs> from, <laughs> from what's happening. Um, but I've only heard, I mean, I've heard almost entirely good things about the yeah, show. There like, definitely are some points of criticism, but the, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. There seem for the most part, they're normal humans who've been thrown into this. And they're dealing with some similar issues to what I think the first one dealt with mm-hmm. would, around just personality types. And yeah. um, they're speaking very much off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that is probably going to come up. Um, but it's it's serving a similar function for me right now that the Great British Bake Off was serving <laughs> over the past year and a half right. for me, which is um, it's just something... That is so, you know, well-meaning, and it's giving me some faith in humanity. Right. Um, when watching the news, does not do that at all. No. Um, and I, the thing that they're doing a little bit differently than what I recall, anyway, from the first version of Queer Eye, because that's some years ago, and mm-hmm. I forget a lot of it. Um, but they're being more introspective themselves as participants the the fab five are being more introspective about their own experiences Mm -hmm. growing up in america being gay coming out that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and because of where the show is set Mm -hmm. uh, it's all filmed in georgia um, mostly because there's good uh, tax breaks for filmmakers in georgia i think is the reason that they film there um but as a result they're kind of in the bible belt and they're going out to these smaller communities and Mm -hmm. they're interacting with people who are not always used to hanging around with a bunch of gay guys mm-hmm. and having those conversations. And one of the fab five is black. So they're, ha- and one is uh Muslim from um, it, well from England, but of Pakistani descent. So there's that sort of, they're having that conversation right. in the context of these uh, life makeovers with these mostly very sweet um, people who mm-hmm. are participating in the show. And yeah, it just, it's making me feel good right that's good that's nice to hear because i i really wanted to like it Mm -hmm. and i did like a lot of it um but i don't know if this might not be a huge shock that i'm (laughs) someone to make kind of like quick rash decisions about like i don't i just don't want any more of it Mm -hmm. um when yeah when i'm when i'm when there's like a challenge that's like Beyond, because typically when I'm like when I'm watching it, it's kind of like my my sleepy time. So it's kind of like yeah. eight p.m. to midnight, and I kind of need basically a marshmallow on the screen. I basically just need something that's kind of soft and nice, mm-hmm. and will lull me into this false sense of everything's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Go to sleep and wake up tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be great. I'm like, oh yeah, marshmallow. You're right. So that's good to know that there's more marshmallows. Yeah, I think, I think that it is definitely there are points worth criticizing, right? Um, as there will be with everything, um, but on the whole, I feel nice about it. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little shook. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, be honest with you. I'm a little when frazzled I, uh, today. When I arrived and you were on the phone and I was on the phone. I was having a kind of a panic phone call before this recording because um, you had you had said that you wanted to. We were chatting about. Uh, this podcast of this first episode, uh, you had mentioned that you were interested in maybe talking about uh, the Nanette comedy special that mm-hmm. just came out, and I was like, "Yeah, totally." Like, I want you know, I wanted to watch it, but I had been kind of putting off watching it, not for any particular reason. I just hadn't got around to watching it yet, mm-hmm. and um, I realized today, I'm like, "Oh, darn! I haven't watched it yet, and I got to record in a few hours." Mm-hmm. Um, so I got home from work and immediately put it on. So I could watch it and then come immediately here, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm feeling a little frigged. Um, yeah, <laughs> at that's the moment. fair. Um, because I I like I was saying I had this kind of panic phone call with my, with with our friend Lindsay, and I was kind of like I I don't I don't can I do this anymore? Like I she's there's so many things that I'm like oh I hadn't even thought of that and it's true and oh my god I. I, I need to process this stuff before I can continue my career. Um, <laughs> I want to do this voice now so I can disassociate from what I'm actually feeling. Um, and so, so yeah, I'm a little all over the place. I'm a little scattered. Yeah. Um, that is understandable. I, I saw the trailer. Netflix is getting pretty good. Uh, you know, algorithms are creepy. Yeah. But the, the algorithm on Netflix is getting pretty good at recommending things to me. So mm-hmm. when they released the trailer for, for Nanette, yeah. um, which I guess we should mention is uh, by Hannah Gadsby. Right. Details uh, not are not somebody my strength named today. Nanette. Um, <laughs> so I watched the trailer and I was at work and I burst into tears at my desk. Right. Not the first time that has happened. Um <laughs> And we'll I immediately, those later. <laughs> <laughs> immediately sent the trailer to you and Lindsay yeah. and said, I'm watching this the second it comes out, right. which I essentially did because it came out the day that I flew to Toronto for Pride. Mm-hmm. So I watched half of it on the plane and finished the other half um, when I got to my friend's house because right. the plane landed and blah, blah, blah. Um, I have since watched it a total of three times. Right. I watched it a third time last night so that I would have it fresh. But it, it has shaken me up again the third the third time yeah. it's still like oh just it's a gut punch yeah of a show and yeah. it's but it's also so funny yeah yeah there's like there was so much stuff in the beginning that was like just like just genuinely really hilarious stuff yeah and then the kind of the turn on the dime and it, it mm-hmm. like it just nailed me because i think it was one of those things is because like i feel like for me um, and I guess some context for what we're talking about. The, yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think we should do a, Is there a way to talk about this in a spoiler-free way? Is there a need to do that? Or do we just say, um, if you've come back from pausing to watch Maria Bamford, yes. you may pause again <laughs> and go, like, take an hour and nine minutes, Yeah, watch Nanette, cry a little bit, and yeah. then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah. I think that might be more helpful yeah. than trying to talk about it in vague terms. Yeah. Because yeah, like the 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 in in like the advertisements for it, it's it's kind of like positing as uh, about like her potentially needing to like leave comedy. Yeah, that's of... her conceit. She brings that up within the first fifteen to seventeen minutes of the show is yeah. when she first says she has to quit comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, there was when I watched, I, I was, I think one of the like honestly, I think one of the reasons I was not hesitant to watch it, but I like I think I maybe put off watching it was like in the trailer for um for the special 
Um, she's talking about, you know, her, her kind of style and uh, mm. how it's self-deprecating and, and that's kind of her, her shtick. And as someone whose shtick is also heavily based in that, um, she was talking about how self-deprecating humor wasn't humility, that it was humiliation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really like, I didn't know how to feel about it mm-hmm. because like, it's kind of how I process all of the, how I feel about stuff a lot of the times yeah. and how I'm able to talk about stuff because believe it or not, I'm not able to talk about my feelings very easily. But Join if I'm doing club. it <laughs> if I'm doing it in a way that's kind of like silly or kind mm-hmm. of like I'm silly, whatever, um, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to talk about. So it was kind of I was a little like most not I wasn't skeptical of it. I was just nervous to hear an opinion that would change my mind. Yeah, that's um, that's being yeah. a human being. <laughs> I'm not used to uh, participating in that very much. I try to be, I'm generally kind of like, <laughs> I, I'm definitely frosted. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely a layer on the outside. I don't love to, I don't love scraping off. Yeah, that's fair. That's normal. I think I had the opposite reaction mm-hmm. to that where I heard that and I immediately wanted to know right. what her thinking behind it was because it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. That, that line that, Particularly, she's specifically talking about people living in the margins right. of society. That when somebody who is already at a in a lesser social position, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, that self-deprecation isn't humility; it's humiliation. When I heard that, I thought, "Oh, she's probably right." <laughs> I think that's what deep inside I thought, but then up here I was like, "No, that yeah. I don't, that doesn't make sense." And I mean, we I having reflected on it a bit um having watched it a couple of times now it strikes me that in our first episode of this podcast we talked about how as queer people we have used jokes or trying to get laughs or whatever Mm -hmm. often in a self-deprecating way to ease tension in a room of potentially strangers over the fact that we are queer people yeah and now I think, should we not do that anymore? That's that's where I that's actually where I'm presently sitting, and I, I, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be that interesting because I don't know what to say. A lot I of don't time. either because I'm still, you know, three viewings in, I'm still yeah. processing what. Okay, what does this mean? Not just in terms of stand-up comedy, yeah, but in terms of everyday social interaction yeah. as a queer person, yeah who uses this tool that I have developed since mm-hmm. a ki- being a kid yep. to put make other people comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely, I've been like really like, I've been like really genuinely struggling with uh, a lot of this stuff lately because I, I've been struggling with my, both my like presentation as like just a person mm-hmm. And my presentation as like a professional, my presentation as like a comedian, my pre- like all of these things, mm-hmm. and how like I'm starting to come to terms with the fact that I'm not super happy with it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's lots of things that I don't do or don't say or 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 whatever because I just think it's easier for other people to to deal with it. And I and that's that that sucks, but it's like that's just kind of those. That's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do because also it does in the short term make it easier because then you don't have to have a conversation. You don't have to mm-hmm. actually deal with the fact that you're a different weirdo 
and and I had a really interesting conversation on the way back from Portland with Lindsay, and I was talking about how like I was always raised to um, you know not burn bridges and to keep doors open and all of that stuff. And she turned to me and she said, and it was crazy, it, like it blew my mind when she said it. She was like, doing this, not being your authentic self, or like not present, not and not like telling people who you are and telling mm-hmm. your story and all of those things. You're burning a bridge to yourself. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to crash this car. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I had never thought of that. Yeah. And it's a disservice to you, to you yourself. Yeah. And so I know this is like off the track, but it's just kind of like all these things I've been thinking about. I've been like really tender about them. And I, it all kind of culminated in watching this special and being like, oh my God, she's right. (laughs) Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff she's saying is like so just spot on. And it's so, ti- I don't know if timely is the right word. Cause, I mean, well, she has that bit about nobody's ahead of her time. So <laughs> she's not ahead of her time because that's impossible, as she says. But it just, I don't know, somehow it feels mm-hmm. of the moment. And I don't know if that's where I'm at right now on a personal level. or sure. it, There's definitely, she's talking about the Me Too context of the world mm-hmm. based on the timing of this special so it it makes sense that it fits in the zeitgeist yeah um i don't know where i was going with that thought but uh well just that like yeah like it it is speaking to it is speaking to now yeah and it's it's speaking to now and it's also speaking to just kind of like always yeah you know what i mean like the now and the always of the whole situation because like all of this stuff it's not new it's no, just we're it's, talking it's about it now. It's been forever. Yeah. And there's this I don't know if you can identify a watershed moment as it's happening. I that might be impossible. It might be something you can only do with hindsight. Right. Um but there's a lot of people are talking about not just me too, but things more broadly about tearing down the patriarchy and things like this that it seems like we're talking about it more now than we used to, mm-hmm. but I bet it, it might just be because we're younger people. Yeah. Um People were probably saying the same thing in the 70s during the women's movement that, oh, we're finally talking about this stuff mm-hmm. and we're not wearing corsets anymore and all this sort of stuff. Like, right. it's been a progression. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, yeah, there's something about the timing of this special. And paired with that, I also watched um, Cameron Esposito's right. Hour, which is available for free on her website, and mm-hmm. she's taking donations for uh, for Rain. And she's getting at some of the same, like, it's happening in the same moment, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, She doesn't take it as far. Like, Hannah Gadsby is just, she's a step up from from where Cameron is at. And I really liked Cameron's special as Mm -hmm. well. And I've watched that one a couple of times. Um, But it's, Nanette has caused me to reflect. And that's why I keep going back to it, too, is that, like I said to you, I'm I'm studying it at this point, not yeah. just as somebody who likes to do stand-up comedy, but uh, just as a shift in my worldview, I think. Like, yeah. I'm at the point, I've been on the verge of this point of like, I don't care about whether people are comfortable anymore. Yeah, That's been the whole problem this whole time is coddling the people that are at the top of the chain mm-hmm. needing 
speaking of marshmallows, like there's they've yeah. been on this cushy marshmallow yeah. for all of hu- human history. Yeah. And the marshmallow's getting dried out. Yeah. <laughs> right? If this analogy makes no sense, whatever, I'm going with it. We're, it we're, feels right in the moment. We're both frazzled. A little frazzled. <laughs> But the, yeah, like nobody deserves this marshmallow anymore. The yeah. people who've had this marshmallow all along, yeah, like it's we're it's going away, yeah, and that's making them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is an understandable reaction, yeah. Um, but people like us have been behaving in a way mm-hmm. all of our lives, and people who've come before us have been doing the same thing. With this is a learned behavior on our part. Yeah. Um, have been learning to make people comfortable with our, our presence yeah. and our way by probably, yeah, hiding parts of ourselves. Yeah, it's really like watching it. I mean, I've been kind of reflecting on it on, on this like generally lately, but watching that really made me reflect on like why I do comedy mm. and why I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the last little bit of time it's not that i've lost that it's just i feel like it's one of those things where you kind of like you hunker into something kind of comfortable and like i feel like i'm like one of the things i'm really good at is kind of just silliness mm-hmm. like i'm i'm pretty good at just like coming up with something that's just really silly and strange and putting it out there and getting a laugh mm-hmm. um and one one of the but the only reason i started doing comedy was i really wanted to talk about stuff I wanted to talk about stuff in a way that I was able to talk about stuff and that, you know, comedy is the way I can talk about stuff. I don't, like that's not going to change today. Yeah. Comedy is the way that I'm able to like admit about admit things, um have conversations about things that I don't feel comfortable with um for, about myself obviously. Um mm-hmm. because there's like a there's like some little there's something else I'm expecting to kind of like ease that. And she that's she does kind of talk about that kind of like idea where where jokes are kind of like the beginning and the middle mm-hmm. um, because it's like punchline set up or set up punchline yeah. where stories are beginning, middle end. And that all, that idea too kind of like really threw me for a loop. And it kind of reminded me of when I was like, when I wrote my last friend show, mm-hmm. um, was it? yeah, it was French. Um, yeah. I wrote my show um, touched by too many angels. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was trying to kind of get at, a similar kind of tone where like there's kind of a general silliness, but there's also kind of like a, a, a gravity to what we're talking about yeah. and, and like finding that balance again. And I really am kind of like recently inspired to find that balance again and start talking about stuff again that I, not that I stopped talking about, but I stopped writing mm-hmm. maybe yes. like now I find that I like, I have that kind of core group of things that I like can, can I can tell those jokes and like, they say something, mm-hmm. but then what I'm writing now is kind of short, silly stuff because also like, I'm tired. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. When she said I identify as tired. Oh, oh. I was like, Me amen. Too. Amen. <laughs> I, I so much feel that. And, and yeah, you know, like I said, like, I think I was scared of the special because I was scared of it shaking up mm-hmm. my view of things. And I, I'm not someone big surprise that likes to shake the snow globe. I'm not someone mm. who likes to change the perspective a lot of the time just because I'm just so, I'm so anxious. I'm anxious. I'm just right. so anxious all the time. I'm like just bubbling inside at all times. And then like just reining that into like a, oh, 
person is difficult for me sometimes and it's maybe coming across <laughs> in this podcast uh, maybe a glimpse into some maybe a, a tmi situation what we're going into um but yeah i don't know it's like it's making me think about things differently yeah i think that's a good thing yeah in the long term it yeah. probably doesn't feel good right now <laughs> It might cause some agitation or anxiety uh, because that's what happens when your brain gets opened up yeah. to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you use, I wonder if it's like, you used to do education programs for yeah. young people about gender and sexuality. Yeah. And I have friends who have done similar things, not necessarily with teenagers, but with like undergraduate students mm-hmm. in gender studies classes and things like that. And I just, I wish that I had a job. I've long wished that I had a job that involved being in front of a room full of people and watching their faces when their brain makes the realization or comes to the understanding about things like sex and gender are not the same thing. Yeah. Gender identity and sexual orientation are not the same thing. Yeah. The, just the watching of the people having that brain open up thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see that happen to people every day. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable. It's deeply uncomfortable. I did it for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the end, I I like I needed to go. I needed to, I needed to do something else. Yeah. Um because like for I think it's one of those things like you have tons of positive experiences, but you have like one negative experience and yeah. they're just like one negative equals a ton of positive a lot of the time with that stuff. Yeah. And I got to a point also like, and it wasn't, it obviously wasn't like the mandate of, of, of my employer to like make queer people palatable. But yeah, I feel, I, I, I felt that like that was kind of what people wanted mm-hmm. when I was going in. And to an extent I, I challenged that, but to, ex- to an extent for my own mental health, it was kind of playing a game, you know? And, yeah. and, because most days I would wake up at like six thirty in the morning. That is not good for me. <laughs> um, Off to a bad start. I'd get dressed. I'd drive to a school two hours away to start presentations at six thirty, eight thirty, and I'd have I'd have to be this like glowing picture of like what it means to be gay and an adult, and and yeah. like everything's great. Everything's yeah. great. I couldn't say everything's great anymore. Right. I think that's what I had to stop doing. And it wasn't that I was saying the world is great. I was tr- I think it was just trying to bo- trying to portray a person who's like strong and confident. Yeah, the, and, it gets better. Yeah, exactly. Person. That kind of whole thing, yeah. right? And like for for better or for worse. And yeah. um I really struggled with that and I quit that job and immediately started doing comedy mm. because it was a similar thing, mm-hmm. but it was on my terms. Yeah. And I want to get back to that. I think in terms of the reaction, or I mean, I had so many reactions watching the the special. Um, one of them was a little bit similar to what you're going through in this moment of like, <laughs> oh, crap. I just started doing this and she figured it out. Yeah. And now I don't have to do it anymore because she <laughs> she, yeah. she did it the best. Yeah. I didn't know that a lot. I've watched many comedy specials and thought this was the best one. Yeah. It's always the best one when you're watching it. Yeah. (laughs) 
but this one is some it's something more than a comedy special like yeah. they they convey that in the trailer where they scratch out the word comedy and it's just a Netflix special yeah so you knew I or rather I knew going in that there was something else that was going to be in here other than just a traditional stand-up set mm-hmm. um but yeah I th- and I think that's contributing to my imposter syndrome um <laughs> Which I don't normally suffer from, to be yeah. quite honest. I'm a relatively confident person. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching somebody who's been doing this, I think she's been doing it for about a decade. Yeah. Um, which is not all that long. Yeah. Because she's older than us. Yeah. Um, so watching somebody that far along in their career, um, who seems to have just like, she, in a, in a, I mean this in a positive way, she has broken stand-up comedy mm-hmm. in the best way possible, yeah. I think. That's where I'm at in my process. So she's broken it open, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a better way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is causing people like us to think, oh, gosh. Yeah. Do we, in response to this, have to or want to look at the way we've been doing this and modify a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Right. And that's what I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't get into that in the special. There's, th- that's the dangling conversation. Yeah. I think is, t- okay, now what? Now that this has been broken open mm-hmm. and we know that we've been doing something, not incorrectly, but not, we have been doing this not to its fullest extent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, you and I individually, but also just comedy yeah. people mm-hmm. um, have been doing this in a way that is something has been missing mm-hmm. this whole time. And she has identified it. And now it's everybody else's job because she's quitting. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it should be fair. Her work here is done. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Uh, so now the conversation is left to have about okay, what does comedy look like now? Yeah. And that's a much longer term conversation and follow through. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe that's what we'll figure out in season, <laughs> season two. two of LOL, you're, you're gay. gay. <laughs> if you're still listening. <laughs> if you're still No listening. biggie. No biggie. It's either way, you know, it's chill. It's fine. We're, yeah. we're cool. We'll be here. No, no pressure. No pressure. So, uh, do you want to do you want to do the last of the week, Lisa? Yeah, something nice and light. <laughs> we'll end on a light, uh, at least in my case, on a light note. Well, do you want to go first, or do you want to go last? Maybe, maybe I'll go first. Okay. Only because I don't know if this is even funny. Okay. And I'll I... let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am the authority. So... on what is funny. <laughs> so I was listening to Bruce Springsteen's song. Yes. The other day, and. I had this thought that has Bruce Springsteen ever been downtown? Like all of his songs are about being on the edge of town. <laughs> That's everything I have to say. There's something there. There's something there. Yeah. It's not done. Yeah. You but... might need to. I know Bruce Springsteen a little bit, but I'm not right. like I have friends who are deep. Right. Like, I don't know what the term is. If there's a term for Bruce Springsteen fans. Bru- Boss, boss, bosses, boss heads. Boss. I don't, 
<laughs> I don't know if there's a word for that. I, I should know. know that. Um, but I don't know his stuff well enough. Right. To I make that I reference. really either. Get that reference right <laughs> off the, the top of my noggin. I feel like it's one of the, I just like I just like the idea of Bruce Springsteen never having been downtown, downtown. in the city. Yeah, I, I think it's I think that is funny. I just think it's a funny <laughs> thought. Oh, I've never I don't know why he has that accent. <laughs> I've never had the thought to go downtown. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's my let's call it chuckle of the week. Chuckle of the week. It's it's barely a laugh. It's a it's a nascent laugh. Right. Um, mine is very recent. It is from just this afternoon at my office. Right. Um, somehow got into a conversation with uh, a couple of coworkers, one of whom is a little higher up on the chain of command in the office than mm-hmm. I am. And she mentioned something about having... Oh, no. Now, here's my rambly bit. So the reason this all came up, just for context, uh, and this being my style... <laughs> My coworker has a tent and a sleeping bag by, by her desk right. because she loaned it to another coworker to take camping. She has not taken it home with her yet, so it's just sitting there. Right. This other person higher up in the office structure than us came in and said, why do you have a sleeping bag here? So the conversation about, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, like, ha ha, sleep under my desk. It's more efficient, blah, 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 came up. She said, oh, I have a friend who is pregnant right now, and she has taken to uh, closing the blinds in her office, and, like, she just has to take naps during the day because Mm -hmm. she's in the first trimester something or other. So she's tired and pregnant. And I said, well, I don't have that excuse, and I'm tired every afternoon as well. (laughs) So it's not just pregnant people who have to deal with this. I have often contemplated, I get tired every day at around (laughs) 2 o'clock. Oh, yeah. It's almost clockwork. Yeah. And about an hour after I've eaten lunch, it just hits me. And the best thing to do would be take a 15-minute nap and then – power through the rest of the afternoon Mm -hmm. i am good at power naps so i went on to explain that this is both a genetic and a learned behavior so my father and my grandmother on his side of the family are both just profoundly good nappers (laughs) i'm sure my dad didn't nap at work but on the weekends when he was home he was to this day i was home on the long weekend at the beginning of july he had a half-hour cat nap in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He tells my mother to wake him up. My mom doesn't nap, but I have inherited this trait. Right. My grandmother used to do the same thing. Hot summer afternoon. I'm just going to go have a nap for a half hour and then mm-hmm. get up. So I was good at doing this to begin with, and then I went to law school, and I learned how to <laughs> nap in public. <laughs> because I'd be at the library or over right. at the arts building where I studied sometimes, and my head would just... like I just would start to bob up and down. My eyes would start to close, and I think, you know what? I read this sentence 15 times. I just need to go to sleep. So I'd be in a little study carol in the library, take mm-hmm. my glasses off, pop my head down on the desk, sleep for 15, 20 minutes, and I'd wake up, and I'd go back to reading. Right. Don't need to set an alarm or anything. So I'm telling this person all about my nap habits. And at the off, not that I nap at the office, mm-hmm. but that I could easily fall asleep at my desk any given day of the week. Mm-hmm. And so she was in the process of leaving the office for the day. And I said something about, oh, yeah, it's one of the best skills I, I have is my ability to nap in public. And she said, I look forward to seeing it sometime. And then pause, pause, pause. 
She's out of eye line with us. Sorry, that sounded creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of us in the room burst out laughing because I hadn't thought it sounded creepy. I thought it was like, oh, this person who is like a, essentially a supervisor of mine mm -hmm. is making a joke about catching me falling asleep at my desk. Right. She took it as, oh, that might have sounded like I'm going to watch her sleep <laughs> at her, in her home. And it just struck us as quite funny. And that uh, was my laugh of the week. Well, that... And I don't know if it translates as a story, but I... Well, you know what? That's just how it is. Did either of them? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Did any of this? You, you tell us. What was this episode? Welcome back to season two. We're super excited you're listening. Uh, we have some great episodes we've recorded already. That's right. Um, we're super excited to release them. We have some special guests coming up that are going to be really great. And... And we'll happy Pride. And happy Pride. Oh, Halifax. Yeah, happy Pride. Yeah, or wherever you are. Yeah. Happy belated June Pride. Be proud anyway. To everybody. Yeah. Happy Pride to Halifax. And a lot of the local Atlantic Canada Prides are happening around July, August. So yeah. uh, enjoy. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL Your Gay Pod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash LOL You Are Gay Pod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at LOL You Are Gay Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music. <laughs>